This time on the Triple T Productivity Podcast, we're talking time management with Alexis Hasselberger. Now, Alexis is a time management and productivity coach who helps people through one-to-one coaching, workshops, online courses and that. So stand by for a huge number of tips on how to structure your time. Uh, We talk about how being productive doesn't always mean doing more things. We also go down the whole task list versus calendar rabbit hole. Where do you put your stuff? Uh, And we chat about how we waste time, a lot of time, on pointless tasks. Now, Alexis also answers the triple T questions and shares her secret procrastination, which is good fun, actually. Um, There's a bunch of links in the show notes, so get tapping. I really enjoyed this chat. Uh, If you enjoy it, subscribe to the pod on your favourite podcast app. Let's get to it. Hi, Alexis. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. I've been looking forward to this because um, yeah, time management can't control time, can you? Or can you control time? Are we like, what do you think? <laughs> I don't think we can. I mean, while I do say take control of your time, that's the thing people <laughs> want to hear. I think that we exist in time yeah. and <laughs> we have to figure out how do we want to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I'll tell you what, have, have 30 seconds to tell us about yourself starting uh, about now. All right. Yes. Yeah, so I am a time management and productivity coach. And that means probably something different than what you think it does. I think mm. a lot of people think that it means, oh, let's pack all the things and do as much as we can, hustle, like do everything. And I really work with people to help them figure out how to use their time in a way that is consistent with their goals and their values so that they can be doing more of the things that they enjoy and less of the things that they don't. Um, how can people have more time for themselves, their families, the things that they enjoy doing? Fantastic. That was good. That was, that was a good, that was a good one. That was, um, where, where can we find you? Where's your website? I am at alexishasselberger.com, which I hope you'll put in the show notes because no will. one will be able to spell it. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, I shall put that. Yeah. I know folks have trouble with mine as well. So yeah, yeah. it's, um, yeah, the, there's a link in the show notes. So I promise you. <laughs> um, it was really interesting. You just mentioned the, the sort of like the hustle side of productivity. When you think of productivity, you, you, your mind immediately goes to LinkedIn videos telling everybody how they've got to do more things yeah. and they're all passive aggressive because you've got to smash something you've got to smash for day or you've got to bludgeon it or do something and it's got to be destroyed and yeah, and i, I yeah mate <laughs> it's hot oh it's terrible i i think of product productivity and being productive is something different how do you look at it yeah so my definition of productivity is simply doing what you intended to do yeah yeah right so it's like if i intend to sit out in my backyard in a hammock with a beer and a book, that's productive. That's what I intended to do, right? Um, Likewise, if I decide to sit down and and write a blog post, because that's something I do every week, that's also productive. But it's really much more about intention than it is about sort of the quantity or the pace at which we work. Yeah, that's a really simple way of putting it in. And and it makes total sense, doesn't it? Total sense. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on things like systems? Because we're going, to, we're going to talk quite a bit about time management, yeah. um, which is kind of your thing. Um, what do you think about time management systems? Because I got to think about systems. I'm not a fan of kind of like that that system that you buy off somebody for I yeah. don't know twenty dollars a month or something, and and then you try desperately to fit your life into that system, yeah. and it just causes stress. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely. I, um, I hate the fact, I mean, there are a lot of great books written out there. There yeah. are a lot of, you know, I don't, I don't want to denigrate anybody, right? There's a lot of great things that are out there. But I think the problem is exactly what you described is that somebody buys something off the shelf. And, and when I say buy, I mean, like, you might buy into somebody's, you know, somebody's system or somebody's yeah. view of things. And then you try to do that exactly as that person did it. And then you fail because it's yeah. not written for you. It's not your brain. It's not your circumstances. It's not, you know, your situation. And then we feel bad about ourselves yeah. when we shouldn't feel bad about ourselves because that thing wasn't made for us. And so the way I feel about systems is I actually think systems can be really helpful, but it's not from a like, hey, I'm going to go shove myself into this box. It's I'm going to learn about myself. I'm going to figure out, you know, who I am and what things work for me. And then I'm going to pick and choose different pieces of different systems so that I can build something that actually works for me. And that's what I do with my clients. Yeah, I remember, I can't, even, I can't remember the, the person's name now who wrote it or came up with it, but the Get Things Done, the GTD mm, book. David Allen. David, yeah. David Allen, that's the one. Yep. I read that once and I tried to do it and it was <laughs> a disaster. Too. Yeah, me too. I agree. Like, I think there are some things that I've taken from David Allen that I think are really valuable. Like he says, um, you know, your mind is for having ideas, not for holding ideas. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really important. But there's a lot of parts of his, you know, quote system that just did not work at all for me and don't work for the vast majority of my clients. Things like that, you know, the weekly review, which is yeah. like painful and long and like, you yeah. know, I... I believe in forward thinking planning. I don't want to do a big review of all the things I did or didn't do. You know? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of like almost opposite of that because a mm. lot of the things I do change so regularly during the week that if yeah. I planned everything like on a Sunday afternoon or something for which was mm. happening during the week, come 11 o'clock on Monday morning, the whole damn thing's changed. See, I don't actually think there's a, see, I think this, this is something that you said that I think a lot of people feel mm. with respect to planning, that the fact that things will change seems to negate the planning. Right. And I actually don't think that's true. I think the opposite is true. I think that when we spend a little bit of time, not a lot of time, right? A little yeah. bit of time yeah. um, doing some planning for the week ahead and for the day ahead, then that actually helps us to much better evaluate incoming items to see whether they're worthy of changing our plan. Yeah. So are you planning how what at what level are you planning? Are you kind of like planning, oh, I need to do that on Wednesday? Or are you planning all the individual tasks and the times of those tasks that you would have to do to get that thing done, if that makes sense? Mm, I am definitely somewhere in between of mm. that. And so, you know, for me, I one thing that I really value a lot is um, not working very much, right? Like yes. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to work uh, yeah. any more than I have to, right? Yeah. I, uh, I really so I limit my hours. I've worked, you know, about thirty hours a week for the past maybe ten years or so. Um, even in times when I wasn't working for myself, I negotiated that with employers, and so I really try to keep my my work hours to a minimum. That means like six, maybe seven hours a day on a on a bad day, and. Um, and so what I do is I plan for the week ahead. I look at all the things that I've got on my task list. I look at the time that I have available in my calendar and I do a rough mapping, right? Yeah. Now I'm not mapping every single task because that would be incredibly onerous. But yeah. what I might do is, well, what I do do is each day I will have, you know, maybe a couple bigger blocks of things, deeper work that I'm trying to do. Sure. And then I will also have these blocks that I call 
email slash quick tasks. And yeah. those blocks are for handling my email and my Slack and my messaging. And also for handling, you know, the myriad little things that, oh, I've got to send this thing to this person and this needs to be dealt with over here and I need to pay this bill. I'm not blocking those things or making a time for those things specifically because that would be the ratio of planning to doing would be off. Yeah. It's it's funny you mention it. it's a theme of all these little interviews which I'm I'm doing with folks is that yeah. is that people make time for the email and the Slack and the Teams and the Meet mm -hmm. and the Zoom and the everything else, all those yeah. millions of apps. You you make time to do that instead of it instead of being reactionary all the time and, and, and having it come in live, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the reason for that is really based in science, right? It's, you know, there was a study out of UC Irvine, maybe 10 years ago or so, that showed that not only do we get interrupted uh, or distracted every mm. 11 minutes at the time, and I'm sure it's way worse <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. but that every single time we are interrupted or distracted, it takes us on average 23 minutes to yeah. refocus, right? I think we've and, read the same report. I read yeah. that once, yeah. Yeah, and so to me, that's that's the reason to batch process the, the messaging because otherwise you're just constantly being pulled away from what you're trying to do. And I couldn't fit my job into, you know, six or seven hours a day if I were constantly, you know, at the beck and call of emails and Slack messages. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've got a little graph um, which is showing some of the talks that I do, which shows productivity over the past, I think it's about 40 years. It goes from the mid 80s up mm -hmm. to just before the pandemic, because you can't really count the pandemic right. on productivity side of things. Um, so and, and, and it's a really steep, steep graph. It's a really, really steep all the way up until about 2000 and eight, nine, ten, when, mm -hmm. when we had the financial crisis. And then, then the steepness of that curve kind of flattens out an awful lot, uh, especially across the Western world, across the, the US and, and, and the UK and Europe and that. that, that. It flattens yeah. out an awful lot. And that was about the time all these freaking apps turned up. Well, it was the iPhone. That was the iPhone. Yeah. I remember that time specifically because yeah. I had my first kid in 2009 and I remember yeah. I got an iPhone that year. That was like the first time I'd ever had a smartphone. Right? And, and the same time as that happens, productivity flatlines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me, right? Yes. It's like now we have to work so hard to focus. Yeah. <laughs> because there is something that's kind of always pulling our attention. And there are plus sides and, and negatives. But like for me, my phone is on silent 100% oh, of yeah. the time. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's annoying to my husband because, you know, I don't answer his texts when, <laughs> when he texts me in the middle of the day yeah. and my kids get annoyed at me because I'm like, oh, sorry, I missed your call. But the risk to me of having my phone, like even if I have to turn on the ringer or the notifications for just an hour because I'm like waiting for a specific call or something like that, I find myself just so annoyed by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did the same. I, I felt myself getting, I wouldn't say angry is not the right word, but every time I heard that buzz or mm -hmm. it lit up or something happened, I just got irritated. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. a visceral reaction to that, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of like, stop it. So It's like almost like somebody poking you in the back every five yeah. or ten minutes, and, and it's like, Stop it. Stop. And in the end, I do exactly the same as you. The damn thing's just switched off. Yeah. 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 Which maybe doesn't make us the, you know, the most, uh, I don't know. I was going to say responsive, but I'm actually very responsive. It's just yeah. I do it on my own schedule. <laughs> 
one of the things I do on the podcast is ask the same three questions to yeah. everybody. Um, the first one is, what's your number one productivity tip? What's the one thing that you kind of give to everybody? So I think the first, I mean, other than the thing we already talked about, which yeah. is turn off the notifications. Like even if you're not going to turn your phone on silent, turn off the email notifications. Nobody uses written communication in an emergency anyways, right? Sure. You don't need that. But yeah. the other big thing I think is just really simple and anyone can do it right now. Write it down. Just get it out of your head. Stop yeah. using your memory for a task management system, right? Yeah. Write it down. Plan for it. Get it out of your head so that you can actually focus on the thing in front of you. Yeah, and don't think that you have to do everything in one go, I suppose, as well. Because, I mean, or, yeah. yeah. Or everything at all. I mean, I think yeah. this is actually a really big thing that most of my clients, when they come to me, are are struggling with. And it's something that we have to a hump that we have to get over is that I think a lot of people come to me thinking that there's some sort of magic bullet for them to figure out how to get everything done. Yes. And that's just not reality. Like you, me, everyone else on the planet, we are all going to die someday, hopefully in yeah. a long time, with a big, long list of things we didn't do. Like, yes. Finishing the things is not the point. Yeah, absolutely. It's the journey, isn't it? It's, yeah. doing, it's doing things, yeah. Um, yeah. We've, we've mentioned task lists and calendars quite a bit yeah. so far. So are you a task list person versus a calendar? What's the whole argument? Task list, calendars? Because I've seen calendars which are full of tasks, and that's just like crazy people to me. I So it's so funny. I actually wrote a blog post about this same thing uh, recently. And I fall, so I can tell you what I do, and then I can tell you what I tell my mm. clients. And so what I do is that I use both because I think both are valuable. So yeah. I have a task list that has, you know, like a task app that has you know, just all of the stuff. It's like my external brain. And I use that to really limit the amount of things that I am seeing on any given day, because I probably have, you know, 500 things in there, but I am only seeing the things that I have to take action on today. And then I use my calendar to help me figure out what actually fits into a day, right? Because if yeah. I'm looking at a list of, you know, if I look at a list of 25 things, they all have the same visual weight, right? Sure. But Five of those things might take two minutes each and one of them might take an hour and a half and yada, yada. And so I use my calendar to help me get more realistic about what I'm assigning to myself, right? What I'm expecting myself to do. And what I tell my clients is do whatever works for you, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's valuable to keep things out of our head. And sure. if you're doing that with a calendar, that's helpful. And if you're doing that with a task list, that's helpful. And for me personally, I find both of those are really lightweight tools that I can use to offload things from my brain and to be really realistic about what I am setting myself up for. Yeah, because to me, the okay. things that go in a calendar should be events. It should be something that I have to, somewhere I have to be. And that, that being somewhere could be just a Zoom call, just could be a meeting or something, or like this recording now. That's in my calendar. Mm -hmm. It's not on my task list, even though it is a task, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on what and how you mm. do things, right? Sometimes there is something on my calendar that has related work, right? And so I might need a task for preparing for a meeting or something like that, right? Yeah. Or I find it helpful to, you know, personally, I like to be able to just look at my day and just kind of follow along, right? And so I actually have my, my time blocking calendar overlays on top of my regular Google calendar. So it's, I can toggle it off if I don't want to see it and I can yeah. toggle it back on. And that allows me the way that I think of it is like, you're right. Calendar is events. 
And some of those events are where I'm showing up for other people. Yeah. And some of those events are where I'm showing up for myself to do things that I intended to do. Yeah. See, the, the, the showing up for yourself is what I put on the task list. And, yeah. the, and the other people thing is the, is the calendars. See, I, I, if I looked at my calendar first thing in the morning, it was full. And there were like blocks and blocks and blocks of yeah. little bits of colour and everything. I'd just, I'd go back to bed. You know, yeah, this like, is why yeah. everyone is different and needs to do it differently, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the videos I watched on your YouTube channel, which is very cool. You've got a lot of okay. videos. You've got like 200 odd videos there. Um, was was waste, It was called Wasting Time on Pointless Tasks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, like, yeah. dig, I want to dig into that because what, what what's a pointless task? So I'm going to give you the best example that just showed up in my life, right? Yeah. So I, my, one of my kids goes to this school and there's like a transit app. So he gets to school on public transportation and every day he's like, I'm supposed to click a button that says, yes, he is taking the bus to school today. And then he's supposed to click a button that says, yes, I am on the bus and I am getting to school. And the, I assume that the point of this is that, you know, if he doesn't show up at school, then we could all freak out and they call us and we go searching for him. Right. And all the legal responsibility for right. the school is gone. It's gone. Right. It's all on me. It's your fault. So, so I had been pressing, clicking this button for like two and a half years, right? Every yeah. weekday, it's in my task list on a recurring every week. I just click this button. It's a two second task. And then I was talking to my son and I who's 14. And I said, hey, I'm clicking this button, but you're also clicking this button. Can you just click my button for me? Like, can yeah. you just do this? And he looked at me and he was like, mom, I stopped clicking that button the first month of school two years ago. <laughs> And I said, what? And so then I called the school or I, I emailed the school and I said, hey, um, my son has not been clicking this button. I have been clicking this button. Does this button really matter? It seems like it does not matter. And they were like, well, you know, I mean, we'd really like you to do it, but a lot of families have stopped doing it. And yeah. that was my sign for like, this is a pointless task and it's yeah. coming off of my task list today. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pointless task. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's bureaucracy gone mad. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Um, and I'm just embarrassed it took me so long to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, so do, do you do you look through your tasks, particularly maybe your recurring tasks, the things mm -hmm. that you have to do, you know, every month, every week, every day, whatever yeah. it is. Do, do you revisit them at all and, and, and think to yourself, you know, is this now pointless? Yeah, I mean, I do. So I would say that I, you know, because I do plan, I am always looking at things and saying like, oh, is that something I really need to do or hmm. not? And then I also do something, you know, once a year for a couple of weeks, I track my time and I do not do this all of the time because it's tedious and boring and I don't like doing it, but um, I do it because it really helps me to find things like that. And so usually for, you know, two weeks out of the year, I will track my time and I will look at the data and I will say like, ah, you know, I'm spending a lot of time doing X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Um, is this something I could stop doing entirely? Is this something I could outsource? Is this something I could delegate? Like, yeah. I don't want to be doing this thing. And so I, I think about it probably every week when I'm doing planning. And I also think about it, you know, once a year when I'm really thinking about what the shape of my time looks like and what changes I might want to make to make my time more pleasurable for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a similar thing um, last year. I, I had a, I write a report or I used to write reports um, for a lot of my clients like once a month. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to go in and it was the most tedious thing. It was like the, the, the first day of the month I'd do it. And I would, mm -hmm. I would hate this. And I suddenly realised when I was looking at it and analysing it a little bit more one, one day that the, this system actually had an automated report system built into it, which I'd never, <laughs> never seen. I'd never looked at because 
I was so focused on just getting all these little reports done, how I'd yeah. done it for like the last year. So yeah. it's almost muscle memory, the things you click and then you email yeah. the PDF and it's all done. Whereas you, I could actually set these things and automate these reports to be automatically emailed to each right. individual client. So I think I think revisiting your list and looking at the things you do and seeing if you can change them is quite important because our li lives change, don't mm -hmm. they? Yes, yes. And I think, you know, a question that we can all be asking ourselves all the time is, how can I make this thing easier? Yeah. Right? Like, is there something that I could be doing differently? And so I love that example you just shared, because it also speaks to the fact that, you know, humans, we're kind of creatures of comfort, right? And so yeah. we just get used to doing something. Yes. And then we just keep doing it forever, yes. unless we really sit to say like, hey, is this, does this make sense anymore? Yeah, yeah. Um, does it make sense in the way that I'm doing it? What if I stop doing it entirely? Is there an easier way, you know? The second question that I ask yeah. um, is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? It could be life advice, could be productivity advice. That one little nugget that you've kind of remembered over the years. Okay, this one, I got to give credit to my mom. Mm. Um, but she always told me, never work more than 40 hours a week because then they will expect it. Yeah. And I just feel like this is something that I have really taken with me. Now, have I yeah. always followed this advice perfectly? No, I worked in startups and I certainly have had weeks where I've worked more than 40 hours a week. Yeah. But I think that the thing that really, that I really think about with this is we set boundaries from the beginning of something, right? And so yeah. I think something I see all the time with my clients is that they, you know, they start a new job or they get a promotion or something like this. And then they go into like, okay, I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to prove myself. And so for three months or six months, they're, you know, working really hard, putting in long hours, making sure people see that the work that they do. And then they feel like, okay, I've proved myself. I'm, I'm good now. And then they're like, I'm going to go back to, to quote normal, but nobody knows what that normal is. So now they're getting asked why yeah. they're slacking. Yes. Right? And yeah. so I just, I never want to set expectations that I am going to, you know, do something at a level that I'm not willing to do forever. Yes. Yeah. I was a little bit like that in my 20s. Mm. I would always be the one who said yes to everything. Right. Even though it wasn't really my job to do that, I'd say mm. yes to it. And then everybody would expect you to say yes. And when you finally realized it and you said no, people would be hacked off with you. Right, right. And it's like, what, what, how did I do that? How did I set this up? Right. Because I think people, we teach people how to treat us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Um, we've talked we've, you've talked a, a bit about time blocking. How does how does this work with you, with your calendar blocking? And, and, and you, you mentioned your Google calendar. Do you block the whole day, just different sections for different tasks, different things? So I I mean, I don't block my personal time. Right. Right. Like I, no, you no, know, no. I, not to that extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people do. Right. But I know. I, that to me feels very oppressive. Probably that feels very similar to me to how you would feel if your day was blocked at all. Right? I, I, Other saw, than I saw, meetings. yeah, I saw one on LinkedIn where this one guy, um, he blocked um, eight until nine o'clock at night for his family. Oh, and it's like, it's oh, so this sad. is just so painful and so sad. And I, I, I wrote a comment and said, what happens if your family doesn't want to see you between eight and nine? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's a little rigid for me, yeah. but yeah, so what I do is I have, you know, my primary Google Calendar. That's where my appointments and, you know, all the things that um, I am, my, my appointments where I'm showing up for other mm. people. That's where that stuff lives. And then 
layered on top of that, because, you know, with Google Calendar or, or Outlook or any type of calendar, you can create secondary calendars. So yes. I have another calendar called Time Blocking, and that overlays on top of my my regular calendar. And I do this for two reasons. One, because my clients need to be able to book time with me. Yes. So if yeah. I used my regular calendar, it would look like I was busy 100% of the time. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. Um, and then what I do is I fill in, I fill in the gaps, essentially. So I, what I like to do is make sure that I'm separating the planning from the doing so that when I start a day, I already have a plan in place. Will that plan change? Probably. It usually does a little bit every day. Yeah. But I am I'm really kind of just an execution mode at that point. Like I've done the thinking work. And so now I am just following along my calendar. And so it might say, you know, if I'm looking at my calendar today, in fact, I'll look at it. I'll look at it today. I am doing this podcast interview with you right mm -hmm. after that. I have a, a consultation call with a client. Then I have a block called EQT, which is email slash quick tasks, right? Oh, that's EQT, where I yeah, like that. That's where I will check my email for the first time today. Yeah. Um, then I am doing a workshop for a client. Then I have another EQT block, you know, and it goes yeah. on and on. And so I am just, what I'm doing is I am making sure that I do not have any moments in the day where I am sitting in front of my computer saying, what should I be doing next? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah. these things change. Like there, my calendar is very dynamic. What I like about time blocking on a digital calendar is let's say, you know, I'm doing something and it takes longer than I expect, right? Sure. Or something else pops up that's more urgent. Now I can move that time block to somewhere else in the week or maybe even another week. Yeah. And that actually helps me inform what date I should put it on my task list because I'm first looking at the time I have available, not just saying to myself like, oh, when do I want to get this done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you deal with the unexpected? Because like you said, mm -hmm. the same as me, other people book my time. My calendar yeah. link is out there and f yeah. and folks will book podcast interviews, meetings, yep. all sorts of different things. And yeah. you might have it in your head. Like with me, I, tomorrow morning, I had it in my head that I would do this thing first thing as soon as I switched on. And now I'm recording a, a, a another right. podcast for my other podcast, which I do. So how do you deal with kind of like the unexpected? Yeah, so I think there are two ways that I do this. And one is um, a proactive way and one is a reactive way. So hmm. the first way is that I create buffer in my schedule. Actually, there's a couple of proactive ways. So I create buffer in my schedule. So I do not have every moment of the day blocked. I usually leave about an hour that is unblocked for things to come up, right? Yeah. And if I don't need that time for anything new that has come up that day, I call it like, you know, things I didn't know about yesterday that I have to do today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if I have some time in my schedule for that, great. And if I don't need that time, then I can always do two, one of two things. I can knock off early yeah. or I can look to tomorrow and say, ah, what's something I was planning to get done tomorrow that I could get done instead today. Right. Sure. Um, the other thing that I do proactively is that I, you know, like you, I have a calendar scheduling link through Calendly. Um, you know, lots of people have different scheduling links, but I don't allow anybody to book my time within 24 hours of right now. Sure. So nobody can, I, there's no chance that I will show up tomorrow morning and there will be something on my calendar at, you know, 8 a.m. where it is yeah, for yeah. me now because I don't let people mess with my tomorrow, essentially. Yeah, I'm going um, to go look at my settings now. <laughs> you can do it. Yes. And I often recommend for my clients who 
uh, are not using a scheduling link, just have like a two day rolling calendar block that says do not schedule yeah. and just like move it every day so that people just yeah. can't mess with your immediate plans. Right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Actually, um, that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that I do that's reactive is like, let's say something comes up and it's not fitting into any of the, you know, it's like, I'll give you an example. We were out of the country and our water heater back at our home <laughs> decided it was going to start leaking and it no. might blow, right? No. And so luckily I had a friend who was staying at my house and she called me and told me this, but I basically had to just throw away my entire day so that yeah, I could yeah, figure out how to, yeah. you know, get a new water water boiler installed from afar. Yeah. And there are times when you just look at what's on your plate and you say, you know what, this incoming item is more important than anything else I have to do today. And so I'm going to shift everything else. And yeah, yeah. I think that people get annoyed when they have to change their plans. Yes. But I feel like, you know, if you, if I continue on my plan, not taking in new information, then that that's not very smart of me, right? Like if yeah. I am going forward with a plan in the face of new information that rightfully changes that plan, then I need to change my plan and I should feel good about that, not bad about it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's good to expect the unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I often say is like, we don't know what's going to come up, but sure. we know something will. <laughs> The third question I ask is 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 a is about your favorite procrastination, your, your secret one, the the one thing that you do to waste time and be totally unproductive. <laughs> okay, so there are two. Um, they're both kind of embarrassing. So one of them is that I, you know, I I'm not a big social media person. Like I yeah. don't go like Facebook, Instagram. That's kind yeah, of doesn't yeah. I, doesn't really have a hold over me, but. I have found TikTok to be the most compelling form of entertainment on the face of the planet, so much so that I have had to put like bright line rules around it for myself, such that I am not allowed to open that app on any weekday for any reason whatsoever. I love it. Have you got a secret TikTok handle where you're doing I, a dance or something? Oh, I'm not doing a dance. I do have a TikTok, but it's not, but it's just, you know, productivity stuff. But um, it's, it's not super popular just yet. But, you know, if you want to go check it out. Um, and then the other, the other kind of, I, I, I call this like a comfort task. You know, we all have yeah. these like comfort tasks because it's, it's not very productive, but we kind of enjoy yeah. doing it. It yeah, makes yeah. us feel like we're productive, even though we know we're not. And you're going to get a kick out of this, I think. Yeah. Mine is adjusting my time blocking far out into the future, <laughs> even though I know it's 100% going to change. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think it's good for you, though, isn't it? Because it, it's, I think, when you feel like you need to do some procrastinating, yeah. that's when you need, you, you feel the need for your mind to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because you, you can't be okay. on all the time, can you? No. I mean, I think it's totally okay to wake up and just be like, you know what? I'm not feeling it today. Today yeah. is like not going to be a super productive day. And I think that's okay. Like if if we're doing the things we need to do and you know, our life is happening and there's no detriment to that, like I think it's okay to wake up and be like, you know what? Today is just like not going to be one of the most productive days and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the final little question, I suppose, is what we see, we see the phrase um, work smarter, not harder, a, mm. an awful lot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't totally agree with that in, in a way. But but what, what does it mean to you? To me? So, OK, so I often refer to myself as 
a very driven, lazy person. Hmm. Right. And so to me, this yeah. just means that I want to put in the least amount of effort yeah. for the biggest bang for my buck. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what work smarter, not harder means. Like to me, it means, hey, how can I create a template for something so that I don't have to do the work another time? How can I, you know, automate my client reports just like you did so that I don't have to spend time sure. doing this? How can I uh, get the same amount of work done with less effort and less time? Like that's how I think about work smarter, not harder. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it is. It is trying to. Yeah, I, I'm getting big into my automating tasks and trying to find ways to automate things. I'm not, yeah. I'm not through the AI rubbish because that's too terrifying because it, <laughs> you, know, you, you can't trust what it's going to say, can you, at the end of the day? So it's not writing emails for me just yet. Um, but I think automating things particularly is, is, is definitely a way forward, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a lot of things we can automate. I, just little things, right? Like, you, I think, you know, you mentioned it's like sometimes there's the automation is sitting right there in front of us and we, we just haven't turned it on yet, right? Or we yeah, haven't yeah. been doing it that way. Yeah. And, you know, I have actually been using AI a lot. It's not writing my emails for me, but um, I use it to replace a lot of tasks that I previously spent a lot of time on and mm. now I don't. So, for instance, you know, I write a blog post every week that I really enjoy writing and I don't use AI for that at all. Mm -hmm. But then I make a YouTube video. You know, you've seen some of my YouTube videos mm. and I have to put a description in there. Yes. And I used to spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes writing a good description. Now I pump that blog post into ChatGPT and I say, write me a YouTube description for yes. this. Yeah. And it pops something out and I spend two minutes editing it yeah. and it's good enough. So yeah. I use it for things like that. Yeah, I'm with you totally on that. I use it for show notes on podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. Mm -hmm. It doesn't write the show notes for me. I what, what I normally try and do is I write the show notes really, really quickly yeah. um, when I've got all the things in, fresh in my head as to what what I've talked to people about, yeah. and then I throw it at the at the chat GPT and say, write me some podcast show notes right. for the following, yeah. uh, and 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 give it. And I don't use it, but I, I edit it heavily right. because it doesn't sound like me. When it, right. come, when it comes out, it doesn't sound like me, but it does save a huge amount of time, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think so, too. And actually, do you want a little tip about how to make yeah, it yeah. sound more like you? Yeah. Okay. If you put in like a couple of your writing samples or a couple of show notes that you have written before yep. and you say to ChatGPT, you give me three or four adjectives to describe this style of writing. Right. And then when you pump back in your show notes and you say, I want you to write this in this style, style. and then you give them back the words that it gave you, it will get something closer to what you sound like. That's clever. I like that. I'm going to try that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try that, definitely. Um, I was just checking through my notes here as well for, um, I've got your TikTok link, so I'm going to leave that in the show notes. <laughs> okay, definitely. great. Maybe, maybe we can get me to over a thousand subscribers so I can get a link in my TikTok bio. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, Alexis, thanks ever so much for your time. I really enjoyed this. It's been really interesting chatting to you. Um, give us your website address. Let, let us know where we can find you again. Yep, it's alexishasselberger.com. Fantastic. There's links, lots of links uh, in the show notes for folks. Um, Alexis, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again to Alexis for her time. Check out lots of links in the show notes. There's a whole bunch of them, including the TikTok link as well. Uh, if you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. Uh, thanks for listening.